Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hitting on some wide receiver prospects. I am Joshua Johnson. You hear me normally as the host of the regular Dynasty Pulse, which could be heard every Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Blog Talk Radio here. Um, with me today is uh, Bill Servi, Sir Bill Servi, as I like to call him. Uh, me and Bill did a, uh, did a prospect show last year with Dan, and then we did a separate wide receiver show, so I figured why not have Bill back since we had so much fun last year. Bill, how's it going, bud? Excellent, Josh. Thanks for having me. Yeah, um, just kind of as homework, I listened to our wide receiver show last year, and it was really interesting how the, the with the top two guys being Kevin White and Amari Cooper, we were really already painting them in the picture for Chicago and uh, Oakland pre-draft, which was I guess this just tells everybody out there listening how smart we are, Bill. What do you think? <laughs> I think it's a, a lot of the pundits had that idea, so we just rode the train. <laughs> and yeah, well, the I, couldn't remember, I, I couldn't remember what they yeah. were doing yet. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about wide receivers today. But first, I got a couple, just a couple questions for Bill. And if Bill, I think I'm in most of the mock drafts I've done so far have been with you. And I notice I like to pick on you just a little bit because I noticed some trends that you that you've seemed to follow. Um, last year, you were all over Gio Bernard, even though you admitted you weren't a big fan. Um, what's with? I know I know we're talking wide receivers, but what's with you and Jordan Howard, the running back out of Indiana? I, I, I've seen some love coming from you there. Well, I honestly, you know, last year, you know, the with. Giovanni Bernard, he was just value as a number three draw running back. He just kept falling, so that's why I always kept on adding him to the team. Um, with Jordan Howard, I mean, honestly, I think a lot of people discount him right off the bat, um, off the bat because they don't think he's a good receiver. But if people take the time to look at his tape, they don't use him in the passing game very much. Um, but if you watched his combine workout and the way he caught the football, I think he's a lot better receiver than people are giving him credit for. I think he's got a lot more to offer football teams. And if he lands in the right position, um, he could be a guy that, you know, you've, I've been stealing in the third, fourth round that could actually be, you know, a much higher much higher value. I really am impressed with the way he caught the ball. All hands catching, um, light fingers, snatched it out of the air, you know, I, for a player that's got that size, you know, I think he's got a little bit more to offer and isn't strictly an early down back or goal line back. So he's better than Andre Williams is what you're saying. <laughs> well, Andre Williams, you know, was a nice running back, but he he couldn't catch a cold. <laughs> okay. Well, and I asked Bill questions like this because 
I trust Bill's knowledge, and when he's when he's trending in one position, I, I certainly want to know why. So, uh, th- thanks for that. But one other question before we actually get to these wide receivers, and I want to preface this with the IDP world is hanging in the balance of your answer. But I figured since you are the the resident Seminole on staff, Jalen Ramsey is he a quarterback or is he a safety? And I think you know what the IDP world wants. I think we're all hoping our breath that he's going to end up a safety. Uh, you know, honestly, in the NFL, the way the game is played today with the way that hybrid tight ends are coming out, I honestly think he's best not pigeon-toed into one position and they can move him around. It'll all come down to classification probably after a year or two with um, MFL, but I honestly think he'd be best as a safety. I just think, you know, he can do everything so well. Um, you know, if you have a matchup problems, you could shift him over to a corner for a game if you want to put him on a, a particular player. But I honestly would love to see Ramsey play safety in the NFL. Yeah, that would be huge for his IDP stock. And I guess I guess one of the things that sticks with me, and this is not the IDP guy in me at all, but is if he can play corner and excel at it, I just don't get why you wouldn't use him in some capacity over there to cover, you know, like you said, to cover a top guy or to shut down one particular player. So. But um, well, if, if, the if he ends up putting him on man coverage, you know, he's basically going to be isolated on the one player. I think he offers the team much more when he's covering more of the field and more than one player. So, you know, it's, I mean, I could I see your argument completely. He'd be a good cornerback in the NFL. I think he'd be a, probably a top twenty cornerback if he, if they played him exclusively at that. I just think his safety. You know, he didn't. He's just a playmaker all the way around. I mean, I just every single week that I watched him, you know, you just knew to expect something special, and he always delivered. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. I to- totally agree with you there. Um, well, let's get to the reason why we are here. Um, it's it's been stated that this this wide receiver class is kind of laxy, lacking, excuse me, in overall uh, sex appeal. But uh, you know that's okay. That's why we brought together our two sexiest voices here, and Bill and myself. Um, but together we kind of we're gonna sift we're gonna sift through these murky waters and uh, show you some guys and some of the brightest attributes of some of these guys, and we'll get a we're gonna dig deep for you. We're gonna go with the top fifteen here, so. Uh, what you know? What lies the store is a lot of uh, a lot of uh, film, a lot of months of research here, and us uh, kind of some sleepless nights and some a lot of day to day shuffling going on. I know I've been shuffling in our rankings here before we got to this, so we did have have some rankings out, you know, first of April, but obviously they're they are changing day to day, and after draft they're going to change quite a bit, I would imagine. So um, I think it's time we add heavy whipping cream to our coffee because it's going to be it's going to be the heavy show. So let's. Uh, Let's start out with just some. We're gonna we're gonna work our way backwards, fifteen to one. Um, but what what do you got for? Uh, but before we get into the actual list, do you have any sleepers out there, Bill, that you're eyeing? I have a couple guys that I like that are in my top fifteen that others might not be as big on. Um, but I agree with you completely. This class of wide receivers, I mean, is literally it's it's difficult to stay awake and try to get excited about these guys. You know, I think it's loaded with a bunch of role players that their ceilings are being their team's number two wide receivers and slot guys that, you know, unless they land in a perfect situation with high targets, uh, you know, they're not going to be really useful for fantasy. Um, and basically most of my stuff comes from a combination of Mike Mayock, Daniel Jeremiah, Greg Cosell, Charles Davis, Lance Erline. You know, any of these guys that I've, I'm going to talk about today, it's basically a compilation of, of what they've thought looking at the players. And, of course, combined um, with my observations, you know, wearing out draft um, wearing out draft tape. So, 
Um, anyway, this one of the sleepers that I think I'm probably higher than pretty much anybody else is Jerome Peak from Clemson. Um, you know, the poor guy, you, what can you say? I mean, he had two injuries while he was at school, one at Torres ACL his sophomore year. Um, but he was buried behind Sammy Watkins, DeAndre Hopkins, and Martavis Bryant when he wasn't in. So uh, let me tell you what, that's some pretty tough depth to come back from an injury and win a starting role or a significant role. His senior year, he did get a little bit of action, but really wasn't featured, didn't need to be. Um, his Syracuse game was insane. You know, he just ran roughshod all over him. But it's hard to find other tape on him. Uh, but I really like the kid. He was a top 15 talent coming out of high school. Um, you know, he's got prototypical size for your X receiver. He's a little thin, needs to gain some weight. Uh, but great body control. He can win contested catches and high-pointing the ball. Um, he runs hard after the catch. You know, he gets upfield real quickly and doesn't waste a lot of space. Um, he's a good deep ball threat. I think he can win at all three levels, to be honest with you. Um, he's got a great work okay. ethic. Uh, he's got a high char- personal character. Um, he doesn't track the ball as well as some of the receivers in this draft. He's got a couple knocks. His hands are a little smaller for the size, and he had almost a 10% drop rate. Um, but, again, you know, like all rooks, he's going to be a little bit raw. He does have some exposure to an NFL route tree, but he needs work, um, as do most of the rookies running new routes and also beating press coverage. Um, for fantasy purposes, I, I like Peek a lot. I mean, I can't wait to see where he lands. If he lands on a team with immediate playing opportunities, I think he could be one of the biggest surprises as a rook. Um, he could also be buried on a depth chart and flame out and be nothing more than, you know, a, a depth player for the team. But he's one of the players that might be a later pick that has got a shot to be maybe a three number three receiver for your team long term. But, you know, he's quite boomer bust, as a lot of these guys are, because, um, you know, there's not much elite, elite talent in this draft at all, in my opinion. Okay. And is there anybody outside your top 15 that you just wanted to maybe mention that, Bill? Um, you know, there's a lot of slot guys. You know how I am on size with receivers, which has changed quite a bit. I'm a, a lot more open to um, the NFL shifting to the smaller receivers. There's a couple of them that are coming out this year. Um, but Daniel Braverman is, is a shifty little slot guy that if he gets on the right team could be somebody that, you know, might be better NFL player than, a, a, you know, a football player for fantasy like I said, a lot of these guys are just depth fodder for your roster, and, you know, that's not going to be like there might be one or two nuggets that develop in a couple of years. But, you know, he's somebody that could be, you know, a late-round pick that has a chance to pay off. You know, but, it, again, it's a very minor role for fantasy unless he goes to the Patriots and, you know, ends up uh, Edelman squared. Yeah, most definitely. Um, well, one guy I, I kind of into, and maybe just because I wrote the profile on him, I just I don't see him really crashing and burning. And what the what the problem is is he might actually be better off as a tight end or a move tight end. And that's some um, Devin Kachus out of uh, Stanford. Uh, not a oh, lot yeah. of college production, but uh, uh, good size, really quick feet. Had the best uh, three cone time with a six four nine, which for a guy yeah. that size, I think is pretty, yep. pretty darn amazing. So. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, and just a very good uh, timing with his jumps, um, and just just a strong athlete too. You don't see him. That that profile is coming up here this week. You don't see anybody really out muscle him, and he and he is not afraid to go across the middle, which you know 
all you know, a lot of the signs, a lot of the things that I like about him really point to him being a more effective in that, like I said, that move maybe tight end or maybe H back role. So uh, you obviously like a little little Kajus there too, Bill. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, he caught my eye at the combine for his size, the way he moved. Um, you know, I had a lot of positive things. I'm trying to open up my combine notes now when I watched it, but he's one of the guys that caught my eye, and I wanted to watch more tape on after I had seen it. Um, yeah, he really had he had good hands, great body control, and he had an excellent gauntlet drill, real fluid and easy. So, um, yeah, I had to go back and watch more on him. And anybody that's that size, but I agree, he's kind of a tweener. Um, you know, he ran I think a four six two forty or somewhere around there at the combine. Um, so, you know, he's not a burner at all, but, you know, he's a little bit of a tweener. He would need a perfect stand, a landing point, or maybe um, he can add a couple pounds. He's certainly got the frame for it and try to play, you know, move tight end or something in the NFL. Okay. Well, let's get into our, our, our top 15 here. And why don't you start us out, Bill? Who do you got at number uh, number 15? I really don't have, like, numbers for a lot of these guys because, to be honest with you, um, there's players that I like. I took the top 15 that I like, but, you know, after the top three or four, it's all going to come down to the draft and where these guys end up playing because, you know, there's guys that might be 10, 12 on my list right now that get drafted into a better position that really leapfrog a lot of these other guys. Um, So basically at this point I'm just reviewing all those um, experts, you know, comments and uh, write-ups before that I mentioned, and also watching tape. So these are guys that just kind of stand up. So the order is kind of loose, um, but that's basically, you know, I don't really have them set in stone at this point because it's just really too hard to try to even come up with something like that. Okay. Well, I so noticed we'll, you have uh, – go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say you have, you have Malcolm Mitchell higher than anybody right now. Do you want to talk about him there? I don't even have him in my top 15 right now at all. So, yeah, Mitchell's, you know, again, coming out of Georgia, it's hard to get a good feel for these kids. I mean, they're all good blockers. But, um, you know, I like him a lot. But it, the rankings came out again today. He would be, you know, down further in my list. I like him. I, I think he's got a chance to be a decent two in the NFL for, um, you know, a number two receiver, maybe a slot guy for uh, for a team. But, honestly, for fantasy, you know, he's going to need a, a dream position to land. I'm really not too big on him. That was probably from a month ago when I had him a little higher. Yeah, okay. Um, and I guess I've been saying here for a couple months now that I feel like there's a lot of, like you've been saying, a lot of number twos, a lot of role players, a lot of a lot of Terrence Williams, but there's not necessarily a, a you know, a handful of Des Bryant's. It's, it's kind of the, the complementary players that uh, – guys that need that number one to probably be successful here at the NFL level. Can you agree with that there? Yeah, I completely. It's like I said, the, we've been spoiled the last couple of years. You know, even though last year's class wasn't as exciting their first year with the injuries to Perriman and White, but um, and some of the guys disappointing. But, you know, compared to the last two years, this class has just hit. I mean, literally, I mean, after you go too deep or three deep in this draft, I mean, on these receivers, you're reaching for a guy, a slot guy or someone that you hope can develop in a couple of years because um, the talent level is just in, you know, the size they have to have, you know, to be number one or to be fantasy viable, uh, this, this class just doesn't have the characteristics and traits. Now, some of these guys might land in good situations and have the opportunity to produce numbers, um, you know, this year and going forward, but just based on talent, you know, th- this class is, you know, one of the worst that I can remember in the last few years. Okay. Well, well, my number 15 right now is uh, Roger Lewis. I think I'm, I'm actually the only person right now that has him even ranked. Um, 
I just think there's a lot. I mean, he's got obviously has some huge off the field things. Um, nothing, nothing that's going to hurt him moving forward. Besides, obviously his his draft stock because teams seen him get in trouble. But there's no there's no uh, convictions on record. Just a lot of uh, accusations, which I mean, you can take into account what that is. But, but uh, Roger Lewis, the player, and any thoughts there on uh, on Mr. Lewis there out of Bowling Green? I mean, he's a good receiver. I mean, I could see where you might rank him in that area. Of course, I, I'm a lot different these days. You know, Martavis Bryant screwed me again this year, so obviously it's affecting my evaluation of players. Anyone with these character concerns, I'm almost at the point of just writing him off completely, convictions or not. Um, but, you know, he uh, looks like a good deep ball receiver, but he runs in the four, high four fives. Um, you know, I, I – you know, in this class, again, if he gets in a good position, you know, he's got a chance to possibly do um, a little better. I know his 40 at the pro day was better. I don't remember what off the top of my head was. I think it might have been sub 4-5. or five, But, um, you know, as far as, like, a, a player that you would want to draft, you know, as a later round prospect, I mean, at this point, I, I mean, I can't fault you for putting him in 15 at all. It's worth a shot. Yeah. Um, well, and I just think there's a lot – there's a lot of athletic prowess there. And then I just think what's, what, what, you know, what if he gets, he gets on, like you said earlier with new England or, or even like if he became the slot guy in Cincinnati for the next couple of years, I mean, obviously any of these receivers would have been not a, yeah, not, not a, a wow you guy, not a, not a, not a, not a, not a complete burger of course everybody runs faster at their pro day I'm, i think i actually got under five seconds of my pro day but um uh uh probably not but you know but you know how that happens um but i just th- i just think there's something there that uh because of the off-field things maybe hindered him from actually getting production and i think he's one of those guys that could have probably went to a bigger school and and done done things and maybe would have been higher in this in this draft class had that had some of the off the field stuff not happened. Um, so he's just an intriguing player to me. Uh, just, and we are like Bill said, we're throwing darts here at some of these later guys. Uh, I got Kenny Lawler at 14. Um, obviously if you just look up Kenny Lawler, just Google search his name and you're going to immediately see image images of him high pointing the ball in the end zone. That's really his strength. Um, Bill, have you ever seen any? Do you have you seen much else from him besides besides those high points? No, he, no, he was my number fifteen. Um, this, you know, on the list here, but you know, it's obviously those are his strong points. You know, he's a bit of a one-trick pony, but he's not a burner at all. So he's going to have to, you know, he's. I think we're going to have struggle to get separation at the next level. Um, as far as like a fantasy role, if he gets onto a team, I think the best you could hope for with him uh, would be a number two receiver for his team, and you know maybe translate into a number four or five receiver, um, you know unless the landing spot is exceptional. But as far as like athletic ability and you know his wingspan, his ability to make plays, um, you know he definitely is a good solid red zone target. So you know he definitely is athletic wise. I deserved, I thought, to make the top 15 just to spitball. But, again, a lot will come down to landing point and playing opportunity. Yeah, and when you watch film on him, obviously you can see him on the golf film, and I think it's Kenneth Davis, the other wide receiver there for Cal. They really don't look to him besides 
you know, deep downfield or, you know, in, in the red zone. So, that, I mean, that might say a, a little bit, too, about how they feel about him. But, yeah, I mean, he's not he's not a number one by any means. But uh, he, does, he does have the ball skills, and that could be – an interesting trait. I mean, he has ball skills like I like I see out of like I saw out of Martavius Bryant, where he didn't do just you know everything well, but what he's very good at, he is he's very good at. So, um, how do you feel about uh, the other Michael Thomas? Are we calling one of these guys Mike and Mike and the Mike and Michael now? Is that how it is? But the southern the Southern Miss guy, I got him at number thirteen. Um, <laughs> the Southern good. Mike Thomas. I don't. Honestly, yeah. I looked at him and wrote him off immediately, but Mike Traffic really seemed to rank him highly, so I went back and took another look at him. But even after a second look, he still didn't make my top 15. Um, you know, again, could be landing place, an opportunity could jump him up, but, you know, I wasn't overly impressed with any particular part of his game and, you know, thought that there were other athletes out there that had a higher ceiling long-term. Sure. Sure. Um uh, what I really like about him is his uh, is his leg explosion. Of course, Mike's the reason I kept wanting to go back and watch him too. Um, and you'll see you'll see him get the ball and create space for himself and kind of blow some people away. Obviously, there's a little bit of a different level of competition there. I think there are. Yeah. I yeah. can't remember. Are they still Conference USA or the American Athletic Association now? What, what, whatever it is, but uh, not it's not certainly uh, the top level of competition. But I think. There's some things that he he does very well, and I I really think he could be a solid number two. Just just I'm not sure what he didn't have the forty time. He was he was a combine snub, so that that kind of hurts him there. But I think you know in the later rounds he could make somebody uh, somebody very happy. I just I think there's a lot a lot of athleticism there, and a lot of things that he could do, especially uh, yards after the catch. He really liked the guys in college that can do things with the ball after the catch there. So that's, that's kind of why I got him. That. Yeah, so against the competition he played against, he looked good. And he did. He ran a 4-5-3. I'm just looking at his pro day results. 4-5-3. Had a 36-inch vert. He almost had an 11-foot uh, broad jump. And his short uh, short cone and three cone were pretty decent at 4-2-9 and 7-6 on um, the 16 reps at 225. So, I mean, you know, as far as athletic ability and skill, I just think, you know, when it translates to the next level, the competition is going to be so much higher. Um, you know, I, I think he's going to have to really work hard to just make a roster and maybe be the team's number two or three wide receiver. Um, I just, you know, I'm just really worried about, you know, his overall quickness and getting open in the NFL. It's such a different game going from, yeah, I think it's Conference USA to um, the NFL. I mean, it's just it's the difference in caliber of players is, is remarkable. Okay. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Um, well, I think we're starting to get a little cooking now as we get to uh, Farrell Cooper, uh, uh, maybe a tad bit undersized, but uh, like Bill said, he's even coming around to some of the shorter guys. Five eleven, two hundred three, so a little bit of a, a, a thick, a thick guy. But a, a guy that South Carolina did there did a, a lot of different things with. Obviously, could could contribute in the return game, which could help them earn some stripes with the coaching staff there. But uh, what what do you think about Farrell Cooper there, Bill? I like him. I have him in my top 15, somewhere around 13, 14, somewhere in that range. Um, you know, solid college production despite all the problems with South Carolina's offense this year. Um, he's got good burst. He's got good hands. He can. He's a decent route runner, solid size, and he's got good toughness to play the slot in the NFL, which I think he's going to need to do. 
Um, again, of every rookie in this class is going to need to work on the routes with the exception of a few that are actually pretty decent route runners. Um, but I think he's going to struggle to get open against the quick twitch physical NFL corners. Um, you know, I could see him playing exclusively out of the slot. Um, and unless he really lands in a perfect place, you know, as far as where you draft him in your rookie draft and where he ends up contributing, you know, it's really, really hard to see pre-draft him ever being someone that you want to start on your fantasy team. So, you know, he might be a, a decent kid to talk about for the draft, and he might have a role for a team. But as far as for fantasy usefulness, I, I, I have a hard time at this point, you know, seeing where he could actually contribute in a significant way based on his numbers and, you know, the, with the role that he's going to play in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, I agree with a lot of that there. Um, you know, he's he's somebody that I, I watched a lot of film on early, and I kind of I figured I was kind of done in that aspect. And then, you know, a lot of, like you said, the, the Jeremiah's and the Charles Davises and, and the Bucky Brooks, those guys talk about him quite a bit. Um, they do, you know, just they as, do. They're they're not a guy that they can write off, so to speak. And I, and I wasn't writing him off. I just thought, okay, I'm done with him. I, I can move on to other guys. So I just feel like he's, he's certainly a guy that could, because of the, you look at the five eleven, you're like, okay, but with, with him being over 200 pounds, he, he, I think that's a guy that could hold up where he's going to maybe struggle against some, some bigger, more physical, like the quick, quick twitch guys there. Like Bill said, I think he's certainly a guy that's going to hold up throughout his NFL career and be, be a solid contributor. Um, he reminds me a little bit. I'm going to go way back here. Well, not way back, but I guess I'm getting older, so maybe it is way back. Uh, Laverty is Coles. Do you, do you see a little oh. bit of that in him? You know, they, they both kind of have Definitely that maybe thicker leg. Yeah, it doesn't have really have a speed, but I can see the toughness because there's a lot of similarities there, and their my ball yeah. attitude, you know, went across the middle. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think that's a bad comp. I think um, Mayock had uh, comped him to uh, Golden Tate, if I'm not mistaken, at the combine. So, you know, he's there's he has you know traits that give him good write-ups by all these scouts. So, you know, you can't just completely write him off. But again, for what we have to focus on for what we're looking at is for players that can potentially start on your fantasy roster. And unfortunately, you know, unless lands again in that dream position, whoever the Patriots end up taking is going to shoot up. But, um, you know, unless he lands in a situation to see over a hundred targets a year in the long run, you know, he's going to be so limited as to what he can do for your team. Well, and with the Coles comparison too, is I, I, for whatever reason was looking back at Florida's, State statistics last summer, and I don't think Cole's ever topped like 25 receptions in a college season. So he was the guy that was able to step up at the next level, which I thought was really impressive. And didn't have a long career, but it certainly was a, a sustainable, uh, you know, rece- you know, 70, 80 reception guy for uh, for a chunk of years, which is impressive to me. And you know, we yeah, do that, make yeah. the um, sorry, we do keep bringing up the New England thing. As a whole, I feel like New England has been kind of pretty bad drafting wide receivers over the last couple of years, especially considering some of the guys they could have gotten their hands on oh, in this class. I mean, think of, yeah, and I mean, really, their best wide receiver they've drafted over the last you know decade is was a guy that's in Julian Edelman, who was a who was a quarterback at college. So, um, <laughs> and the and the reason I bring that up as I segue into another player here is. Um, a guy that I have recently taken out of my top 15, um, but I know you're maybe 
maybe still a little bit higher on him. And maybe this is – I'm starting to fall in love with uh, Matt Harmon, Mr. Reception Perception Guy, and all of his uh, his graphs. Uh, just phenomenal stuff that he does over there at NFL.com. But uh, he's, he's a guy that's been pushing – uh, Braxton Miller, the former quarterback, who now wide receiver down and down, and you know I kind of agree. I think I still think there's a role for Miller in the NFL, but I think for him to be a contributing fantasy player, I think it's going to be two, maybe three years down the line. What do you think about Braxton Miller there, Bill? Oh yeah, I completely agree. He's very raw as a receiver. Um, he doesn't have much exposure to an NFL route tree at all. He's going to need several years. I mean, he's a smart kid. Uh, played quarterback, obviously, so he can have that aspect working in his favor. Um, he's a good open field runner. He's good after the catch, um, that's for sure. But, um, you know, he's got great athleticism. I mean, there's no you can't argue that. And his speed, I think he improved it to his 40 to 4.41 at his pro day. So, you know, he's got slot receiver potential, um, maybe possibly in number two. But, you know, to learn the nuances of the NFL, even being a former quarterback, it's going to take time to learn that. Um, and his hands, you know, they're not the best. They're decent, um, but, you know, he makes up for it in effort. So I think that, you know, he's a project. You know, again, when you're drafting in the later rounds and you're, t- you know, taking a swing for a player that you might have to sit on taxi squad for a couple of years, uh, Miller's as good a name as any for right now pre-draft. I mean, after the draft, we'd be able to, you know, quantify these guys' roles a lot uh, a lot more in detail, and then we can tell you say what he could possibly rise to on that team. But, you know, pre-draft, he looks like a long-term prospect, but not a bad long-term prospect, somebody that might be worth taxi squatting for a year or two just to see what happens. Well, he's somebody guy I almost hope if whoever drafts him uses him very sparingly as a rookie and kind of makes him, you know, learn it and earn it, so to speak, just because I think that will be much better for him in the long run. I understand there's a time to learn in-game and learn on the fly, but I think he really needs to – kind of absorb first before he gets he gets into it because otherwise I think you could you know you could get into some bad tendencies that's maybe a little maybe a little hard to overcome granted he's he is new to the position so he's still probably trying to feel it out himself but I just I just I just worry if if somebody if he gets drafted and you know and then like the team that drafts them their number two gets hurt in training camp he's thrust into a role I don't necessarily I don't necessarily trust that I don't think he's going to be active. I think he'll maybe jump up in a lot of some people's dynasty rankings, but I think that that might not be uh, might not be uh, the best for him overall throughout his career. Yeah, I agree. Um, he needs time well, to learn the game position. Yeah. My number eleven, and I think you're you're maybe on on this train just a little bit, Bill. Maybe he's in your top fifteen. Is Kiaris Garrett? What, what do you think about the the Tulsa Golden Hurricane? Um, he's actually fallen out of my top 15. Him, Michael Thomas from Southern Miss, and Daniel Braverman are all on that outside skirt that if we, we said we'd try to pick 15 to talk about. I like Garrett. There's a lot of things I like about his game. Um, again, he's it's all going to come down to what team he ends up on, you know, as far as his potential role. But, again, just another guy that um, is, at this point, you know, has the athleticism to play in the NFL, but, you know, really what is his upside long-term ceiling? Um, I could surely see him rank in the top 15. I've had him there almost all preseason. So, um, you know, but honestly, when you compare some of these other guys after watching more and more tape, you know, at this point pre-draft, there's other guys that I think just have slightly better athleticism, just something going for them um, a little bit more than Garrett. Um, You know, you really can't say that he 
can develop into, say, you know, a top two receiver for a team, I guess it's possible. But, you know, there's a lot of guys out there that I would probably take a swing at before I would with him. Okay. At this point. I, you know, yeah, I, I maybe, and maybe I'm a little higher on him. And maybe why I am is because I've uh, recently done, been doing some IDP writing here and I've shifted to the defensive side of the ball. And you, you know, he, Garrett is a, is big and he's fast, which is, which is, I think helps. Those are two huge, huge things that could help him excel at the NFL level. Even though he's like just a solid four or five guy, you know, he's not the, the absolute burner, just a four or five guy with being six, three, two twenty is, is pretty darn nice. And when I'm watching, I was watching defensive film on William Jackson, who everybody loves and thinks could be a top 15 pick, the cornerback out of Houston. You know, he's a guy that ran like the four, three in the early, or excuse me, in the low four threes at the combine. And Garrett's just turning this guy around. And maybe Jackson, you know, and Jackson's a, the big physical corner, really the mold that the NFL wants to go to now. And he has that top-notch speed. And Garrett's making him look silly. And, you know, Jackson by no means is the best cornerback in this draft. But when I when you see a guy like that beat him routinely, I, I, I've just been impressed by that a whole hell of a lot. I know other people have been talking about that same thing too, but it, it's true. I mean, you just – you see this Garrett. You see Garrett just do do good things against quality opponents. The guys that are certainly ranked higher on him, on him than draft boards, and that that's something that excites me about him. Bill, what do you think? I, I completely agree with you. I mean, with this size, six three, two twenty. I mean, a four five three is not anything to be ashamed of. I mean, that's moving at that size. So you know, he does have a lot of good traits that a lot of NFL teams are going to look for. Again, in the NFL, I think the overall quickness and change of direction ability for the corners is a lot better. I'm a little bit worried that, you know, on shorter routes, intermediate routes, you know, he's not going to be able to sink his hips and to get in and out of those breaks as quickly as some of these other guys. But, you know, if he goes to a team that likes to play play action and, and spread the field, you know, I could honestly see, you know, him being a, a decent number two, number three receiver for a team, you know, on four receiver sets. So, um, you know, it, again, it'll, I hate to sound like a broken record, but if he lands with a good opportunity and a path to playing time, you know, he could quickly ascend to the top 10 um, just based because there's not many receivers in this draft that are 6'3, 220. There's none of the big size receivers yeah. that I traditionally lean towards. So I'm always looking for those X receivers um, or possession, you know, Y receivers. But honestly, I think he could easily shoot up quite easily. I mean, he's got everything that teams look for except for the knocks on his hand size and quickness. But um, other than that, you know, his route, of course, like every other receiver, are going to have to be worked on. But I really, you know, I, I like the kid. I like the athlete that I saw on tape, and I like the size. You know, uh, the big thing for me. Yeah, and I agree too with you to where he's he's definitely a deep threat. He's he's a guy that could struggle in the intermediate game, especially with those big guys. You like to see them get downfield and. Uh, and you know, get those big contested catches or use their use their length to to their advantage. But you also like them to be able to go over the middle. You hadn't haven't seen a lot of that on film with them. You need you want that over the middle toughness. You know that fearlessness. Just that's 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 what separates like these big wide these big wide receivers from being superstars as to just being you know uh, role players. You know. That's certainly something that Calvin Johnson did. Was he was able to go go out and make all the catches, and that's what made him so 
so just desirable as as a fantasy player and just as just as a an awesome athlete to watch, frankly. And I'm not saying Garrett's even in that class. I'm just bringing that up as a comparison of things that he needs to do to get better there. So, so before we get, before we get into the, my, my, the rest of my top 10 bill, is there there anybody I'm missing that you wanted to mention here? Um, I don't know if you like Tajay Sharp at all, um, but I honestly, he's my number 10. Okay. All right. Good. That's a perfect segue. Um, I honestly was really impressed. I mean, I, I try not to get too impressed by watching. I didn't get to see enough of him that I would have liked to have seen more. Uh, but everything that I saw him do on uh, the games that I did see his the tape on, I thought he performed really well. I mean, he had big-time production as a senior. I mean, literally, uh, what, 85 catches, 1,300 yards, and seven touchdowns. He's a smooth, raw runner, um, has played inside and outside. Uh, he's got great footwork set up DB. Um, he's a little thin, but he's only 21 years old. I think he's 6'2", 195. You know, obviously he could add another 10 pounds, hopefully, uh, and not really mess with his uh, his numbers. He's um, humble. He's a really hard worker with a high football IQ. Um, his tape, like I said, was um, I liked his tape. Consistent, good effort, good hands. Uh, the Colorado game in particular, he had 11 catches for 138. Real, made some real nice catches down the sideline, tracking the ball in traffic. Um, I think he runs well after the catch. He's got a little wiggle. Um, yeah, I thought he caught the ball really well at the combine. I mean, if you watch his gauntlet drill at the combine, it's ridiculously easy. I mean, literally, he just makes it look effortless. In full speed, straight line, just caught every ball. Uh, he's going to struggle against press coverage. He needs to learn to use his hands better. Um, he needs to play more physical. To, to, you know, to, when it comes to making contested catches, I didn't think that, you know, he, I think, again, the size might play into that a little. Um, again, for fantasy purposes, this is a kid that I would want to probably target, you know, early second round, mid-second round, depending on landing spot. Um, and this is a kid that I would want on my taxi squad to sit there for a couple years. I think he's going to need a year or two. Like I said, he's only 21. Uh, but if he can get to, you know, 6'2", 205, 210, somewhere in that range at 23 years old, you know, you've got a kid that has a potential, you know, to be a quality player and also be significant for fantasy, you know, maybe be a number three wide receiver for your fantasy team down the line, um, you know. But, again, we'll have to see where he lands. But I like the kid as a prospect a lot. Yeah, I like him a lot too, and I've been kind of going back and forth with him and Richard Higgins out of Colorado State. I've been flip-flopping these guys, I feel like, almost every day. But, uh, I mean, Sharp – I think he led the nation with 111 receptions in 2015. So, I mean, over 3,400 yeah, yards in his collegiate career. I mean, just a – go ahead. Did you have something to say there? No, no, no. His production was fantastic at school. I mean, literally, yeah. I mean, he blew it up by the UMass. But, I mean, still, you can't argue with that mm-hmm. production. And he caught the ball consistently, low drop rate. Yeah, and with – you know, with UMass comes, you know, the level of competition conversation. But one thing I like to look at when you watch film like this, you know, and I did the same thing with like a Carson Wentz type of player. You want to see that they're the best player on that field when you watch these, maybe some of these guys in these lesser football schools. And when you watch film on Sharp, there's no, there's no doubt about it. Now he has a quarterback that could potentially, you know, be a late round stat for some teams. Uh, but Sharp maybe is the reason he's even in consideration because yeah, he makes plays all over the field. I mean, he can get deep. He can, he can really 
create havoc in, in that, that bubble screen thing uh, game there too as well. So, yeah, I like him a lot. Like you said, you, he, we could like to see a little more weight out of him, but um, just a, a very poised player. You know, he I've seen him on film just absorb some really big hits and just pops right back up and, and doesn't really doesn't really show a whole lot of emotion, just really poised and just, okay, let's get up and do the next play. And I, and I really like that about him. Um, I kind of compared him a little bit to uh, Stefan Diggs, the profile I wrote for him. I think he could be, you know, in the fact that he could be a, a late-round steal for both fantasy purposes and a and, and real NFL. I, like Bill said, he would be the perfect number three wide receiver. If, you, if you're building a, a, a dynasty team or you need, you just need that extra guy, he's, he's certainly a guy that could develop into that. Maybe, maybe not – don't expect a whole lot out of him as a rookie, but I really think – he he could be a very solid player, and hey, you know there is there was another UMass wide receiver that did all right in the NFL in Victor Cruz, so he's going to get a lot of those comparisons, I think, just because of the just because of the school the school thing there. But uh, I think he could actually be be better than that. I think he has has the speed and the, and the size to do so. So I like uh, like Sharp a lot there. So. Um. What do you think about the Colorado State guy since I already mentioned him there, Richard Higgins? Um, I, I've kind of just been hearing everybody else talk about him, too. I, I like him. I, I worry about his thin frame, but I, I do really like him, Bill. What do you think? It's funny that you said that he's bouncing around on your rankings back and forth as well with Sharp. He's doing the same thing on mine. Um, you know, he's a fantastic Colorado State users. I mean, for almost 240 catches, 3,600-plus yards, 31 touchdowns over three years. I mean, it's hard to argue with that type, but he's not an explosive athlete. Um, he does have strong hands. He's a good hands catcher. He's got a good wingspan. He's got good body control. Um, he's a decent route runner. He does set up DBs well, and he tracks the ball well in the air, and he's able to make contested high points. Um, he's solid on the run after the catch. That's one of the things that every time I watch it, you know, that pops out again to me. Uh, but like I said, he's not an explosive athlete. He has lacks true deep speed. I think he ran a four six one forty. Um, I think he might struggle to get separation on shorter intermediate routes or even long routes, um, deep routes in the NFL. Um, again, the long-term potential for fantasy, you know, you figure maybe he can lap down to a team and become a possession receiver um, for their team and, you know, maybe at best develop into a number four wide receiver or three wide receiver upside long-term in a couple of years, but most likely just another one of these guys that's going to come out and be in the league for probably a couple of years, um, unless they have, a, you know, again, the landing spot could change everything. We can do the show again after the draft, and my opinions could change on all these guys. We know their roles, but at this point, you know, he's just one of those guys that I can't really see being a player, you know, that's going to be a significant contributor to your fantasy team, um, unless, you know, again, the landing spot is ideal. Yeah, just because of the lack of bulk, I think he'll certainly struggle there with um, him and Sharp are actually pretty much the same size. Uh, he'll struggle with with uh, press coverage, and he might get a little manhandled there by some more aggressive DBs. But uh, do you remember last year when we were talking about Garrett Grayson in the in the prospect show, and oh, all he does is bird dog his top receiver, and I I think I remember saying on that show, who is that guy? And that's that's who it was. It was Higgins. And what what impressed me the most about Higgins is they lost Garrett Garrett Grayson to the NFL this year. You know, you, you maybe expected a big drop off, but he 
even with a couple different quarterbacks, was very, very productive. So I, I think he, he elevated, ele, was able to elevate his game and maybe, you know, certainly helped uh, Grayson's cause for the NFL there too. So I, I just think there's, there's some things he do he can do that uh, is impressive. I mean, he, his stats I think are probably more impressive than his actual film because I mean he he's not a very flashy guy like Bill said with the four six forty time, but he just gets the job done and he's super super just polished and catches good. You know, like Bill said, potential probably a very good possession receiver. I I feel like you know. Maybe his ceiling would be like a uh, like a Michael Crabtree or a Derek Mason type of player. I think that's pretty fair. I mean, I mean that's yeah. maybe a little high price, but if he gets in the right situation, that could happen. I think so. You know, I don't know if he's going to quite contribute on that high of a level, but when you watch him make the plays, I mean, you can't argue when a player is able to high point, make good show, good body control, and make contested catches. That's going to translate in the NFL, whether that's a red zone receiver just exclusively or someone that can develop the shorter and intermediate routes and improve their game. So, you know, you have to have that basic ability, and I think he checks the boxes for me there. He's made a couple of nice sideline grabs where he goes up for the ball, nabs it, does a 360 pirouette in the air, and comes down, the you know, in the end zone or on the one. So, you know, he, he's got those basic skills. He's going to need a little draft luck to land on the right team with a good quarterback. Uh, but, you know, if, if everything falls into place for him, he's a kid that, you know, could be a player that we're talking about next month that says, you know, hey, he's got a shot to develop into, you know, maybe a bi-week filler or a number three receiver for your team long term. But, um, you know, he does have a couple of little holes in this game. But, you know, all these guys do coming out of college. And, um, you know, as far as being in the top 15, I think he belongs there for sure at this point. Top 10, top yeah. 15. Yeah, yeah. I got a number nine, a little higher than everybody else, but everybody else I think is just, just behind that. So um, I think maybe we're really cooking now as we get to Leontae Carew there at number eight. What, any, any thoughts on the uh, the Rutgers product there? That's classic. Yeah, he's the, he, I honestly kind of really overlooked him um, and really didn't give him much consideration whatsoever. The more I read, the more people liked him, you know, the more I was forced to go back and take a look at him. Um, I'm still, you know, having a hard time getting on board. Some of these people have them ranked really high. I still have them on the borderline of, you know, 8, 9, 10, somewhere in there. Um, you know, he's got good size, six foot, 211 pounds. You know, he's averaged 20 yards a catch the last two years, uh, but a lot of that's due to scheme. I really like his – he's fearless going over the middle. He's a solid hands catcher. He's got some twitch, and he's a better average. I would say he's better than average rookie as far as exposure and ability to execute the NFL route tree. So I think he's going to come in with a little bit of a, a head start there. Um, he does track the ball well downfield. Again, just like uh, we were talking about Higgins, he can high point the ball and make the wild catches. Um, he does run. He's an angry runner after the catch. I like that yeah. a lot. I like the way he's oh, upfield yeah. as well. Love the fact that he was a team captain that leaves it all on the field. He's played injured. Um, he does have a little bit of minor character concerns off the field, um, and he did have a couple of moments on tape where he was shut down by Trey Waynes in the 2014 game. I went back and actually watched that. I think it was Lance Zerline that pointed that out. He really did. Trey Waynes ate his lunch. Um, and then he struggled to get open versus Ohio State. So, you know, all these small school guys that like to watch games where they're playing the best competition they can, and, you know, Ohio State to get a good job of locking him down. But, you know, he's going to have to work on his release, especially against press coverage. I think he's more of a boomer bust. Uh, but I could see people, and he has been going in the late first round, uh, you know, 
his landing place is going to be critical. I've got him a broken record. Uh, but he has potential if he lands in the right situation and opportunity. You know, he could develop into a, a wide receiver three um, for a fantasy, but, you know, more likely he's going to be a depth player. I just saw too many holes in his short – um, you know, his short speed and being able to get open against, again, better quality competition is going to be the main thing. But I love the fact that he's a team captain and his dedication to his team, the way he plays hurt, um, that, that stuff you can't teach. And uh, his fearlessness over the middle and all his other physical skills will get him on the field in some capacity for an NFL team. I've heard Pittsburgh might be interested in him. That would be really interesting, but uh, tragic as far as his future, unless he can somehow, you know, work his way on and, Pop, Pop, Bryant doesn't come back. Yeah, that's uh, that would be that would be an interesting role for him there. I think I totally agree with you about. I think he's angry running the route sometimes too before he even gets the ball. And you know, you see a lot of receivers, especially at the college level, kind of they almost start with a little bit. You know, there's a certain part where they slow down and maybe tippy toe some part of their route there. Um, and maybe they're trying to set up a DB or whatnot, but Carew just has, you know, has that just tenacity, and that's maybe to a fault. You know, maybe you want a little bit more of a uh, a colorful uh, a route on him. Maybe you want him to be a little bit more creative. But uh, he's a guy that does everything. I think kind of at kind of at one speed, and you you don't see like Bill said with the uh, you know the the short the short turning speed. You don't see like the suddenness, the change of direction with him. I think he's a player that could contribute at the NFL level, but he's not, he's not a guy that's going to, you know, be a, be a PPR monster by any means. I think he's a guy that's going to be just a nice, a nice compliment to a, to a good passing game. And I, I I like him. I like him a lot, but I just, I just, just, just got to, you know, be, be call myself down about him anytime I get overzealous about him because, like you said, I've seen some of those level of competition. I need I need to go back and watch that uh, Michigan State game, but I have seen the Ohio State one. So I, I, I you worry about that the fact that when you know when the stakes were the highest, he he was not able to come through you know in some big moments there. So that's certainly a thing to to knock him down a little bit there with. Um, so it is ooh time for Mister Speed himself. Uh, Will Fuller, we we all know the forty times uh, four four three two. Yeah, well, what, what do you think about the uh, Golden Domer? I you know I'm so conflicted with this kid. He one week he's in the top five for me, and the next week he's dropping down further. Um, I think it might be the Ted Ginn comparison that everybody says when they talk about him because Ted Ginn's just one of my least favorite players in the NFL. Uh, but you know, honestly, if you Look at his overall game and what the NFL requires. I mean, he will take the top off a defense on any given play. Um, there is a role for a player that can do that in the NFL. Um, his hands, you know, are smaller. There's no doubt. He is inconsistent. He's got a high drop rate. Um, you know, you can't argue any of that, but he does track the ball fairly well down the field, um, you know, and he – can do a role. So I, I could see a team drafting him and playing him early in his career um, and possibly translating into some type of fantasy football production. But again, it's going to be where he plays, who's lined up outside of him, uh, the quarterback that's throwing the deep ball, you know, so there's so many variables um, and he's not a natural hand catch. He almost forces. He, he, a lot of times it looks like he, he's struggling to catch the ball. And I, 
have a problem taking receivers like that, but you can't argue with his speed and, you know, the need for his type of athletic ability in the NFL. So he's a bit of a plus pick that you might have to take in the top 10 in your uh, rookie draft, but um, I probably would avoid him. I would probably not want him until he fell a little bit deeper. Um, I, again, it might change after what team he ends up on, but, you know, a bit of a one-trick pony, um, and I don't know if he's ever going to be tough enough to go across the middle um, and make tough catches like that on a regular basis. I mean, I could see him turning into an alligator arm receiver in a very short amount of time. In the NFL. Well, I think this comparison for him uh, is the, the one that I think about when, when I when – I, this is just what I thought about when you were talking there, Bill – was John Brown. And I think John Brown has better hands. He's probably a better athlete. But in terms of speed, guys that can get downfield and take, take the top off of the defense, I think Fuller could potentially play that similar role, don't you think? Oh, yeah, I agree completely. That's his role in the NFL. I mean, that's what he's going to do. So he's going to need to go in the right scheme. Um, and I like the John Brown comparison to some, um, to some um, degree. I kind of like Corey Coleman as a more of a John Brown comparison, and that's who I use for my comparison. But I could see it, you know, and, again, he's got – he has the athletic ability. He will have a role in the NFL, and whether he can perform well enough to keep the job, he's going to have more opportunity than a lot of these guys straight out of the bat just because of what he can do speed-wise. Yeah, and I think um, – you know, I've heard some people talk about him – potentially being like the second or third receiver taken potential first rounder. And I just think, I don't I think that there's too. enough there for that to happen. And, um, but if he was to get Lance. on a team that had like those bigger wide receivers, like Tam- like think about Tampa, if he was the slot guy at Tampa or Carolina, uh, replacing Ted Ginn there ultimately, I think that would be a, a nice landing spot there. You think? Yeah, I think there's a lot of teams that could use his speed, um, his deep speed for sure. Um, honestly, he's just one of those players that's going to come down to on draft day. You know, I've heard him going first in Lance Zerline, a guy who I really respect his opinion on players I, for many years. Yeah, I think he has him as his number one receiver. So, you know, I always go with those guys over whatever I think or see on tape. As long as I've been doing this, I'll never have as enough experience or ability as these people do. So when they – go out on a limb and they rank them that highly, you know, I, I have to give it some credence. But, you know, I, I can't see anybody taking him over Treadwell or Dachson or Coleman. I mean, if they did, you know, maybe the Raiders don't mean to make a pun, but uh, honestly, I, I don't <laughs> see any I, just focusing on that four three two forty, um, you know, enough to be a, to be someone that, you know, they would take in that high of a pick. Well, if I, I don't want to bring it up because I'll get a little bit clamped, but Al Davis did pass away. So, I mean, we're not all speed anymore. <laughs> um, um, and come on, Seth Roberts. I'm sick of people at Oakland giving Oakland a wide receiver I for a couple rounds. Seth Roberts is a baller, man. Um, I, but, yeah. I, I am a Raider. I think the Raiders are going to have an explosive offense. I think they're going to be one of the one of the most teams, and people are going to be drafting – their um, their people are going to be drafting Raiders much earlier in their fantasy drafts than they have in the last decade. Yeah, yeah. Cooper is a first rounder all all, all around in uh, startups there. So, um, as far as Fuller goes, yeah, obviously you love the speed. You know, I think he what he had like almost thirty touchdowns the last two years at Notre Dame. So, obviously big big playability. Um, 
it's just just going to take the right situation. You think I feel like there's a lot of teams that have a lot of big receivers and a lot of teams that have a lot of small receivers, and not a lot of teams have the uh, have the uh, the the nice the nice diversity. And I know you you being a Jared, Jared Daniel Jeremiah fan, I'm sure you listen to his his podcast, and they have Coach Billick on there a lot. And he talks about how you have to have different shapes of shapes and sizes of players at the same position to really help your team. Go so a team that can you know mate, match him up with uh, with uh, you know like a big wide receiver or even a potentially a smaller one you know he's kind of that that medium size being six foot uh, and that speed is certainly going to help him. I just I, I'm not sure. I mean, landing spots can obviously be huge for him in terms of where that production is going to come from and how early it's going to going to be there out of Foley there. So uh, it's time for the other Michael Thomas, the Ohio State. Buckeye, um, what do you what do you think about him? I, I I hear conflicting reports all over about him. People think he's he's polished route runner. Some people think he has problems with the playbook. What do you think? Um, you know, I think he needs to refine his route tree, but I think he's going to come in uh, with a better grasp of you know running routes than a lot of the receivers in this particular class. Um, you know, but there's a lot. First, I love the pedigree, and you know, I'm a horse guy, so I always look at the pedigree. So it's Keyshawn Johnson. You know, he's got that in the, the hair, in the pedigree. So not that it's a great thing, but there's athleticism in the family. Um, he improved his 40 at his pro day, like we all talked about. Love his measurables. Got great size. Um, you know, he's a good red zone receiver, um, but I think he really can be more than that at the next level. I think he'll get open all over the field. I like him on short and intermediate routes as well. He uses his body well to shield defenders off. Um, he's not explosive by any means, um, and he doesn't really track the deep ball very well as uh, some of the others in this draft. Uh, and we already talked about he needs to refine his route tree, um, but he does have some basic skills setting up DBs. I do like, you know, the way he can tr- um, make plays on the ball when the ball thrown to him in the red zone. Uh, but he's going to have to learn to, you know, come back to the ball. A lot of the subtle nuances that become a pro NFL receiver, you know, refining routes, getting open on press coverage, coming back to the football. And um, he's going to have to improve his blocking as well, um, you know, to, to make an impact early in his career. But, you know, honestly, when you look at him as far as his whole package, um, you know, he's been got good size. I could see him playing X receiver for a team and develop possibly in a year or two, maybe into a number one receiver. Uh, for a team, or, you know, he could actually flop completely, show poor work ethic, and be out of the NFL in three years. So there's a huge variety of swing on what his possible path could be. But, you know, he does have the filler, um, does have the, um, the body, and does have the size to play X. And, you know, if he lands in the right situation with enough opportunity, um, you know, there's possible that he could actually develop into a fantasy-worthy player. So I've got him, you know, mid-first round, late first round, um, you know, grade on him. I think that would be solid for a fantasy uh, team. That there's really, you know, when you get down to 8, 9, 10 this year until the draft is done at this point, you're just, just guessing, really. But, you know, he could provide some value in the late in the first, uh, early second, depending on how people in your league feel about him. But I, I'm not, I'm, again, would draft him and would be happy to sit on him and hope that he develops a little further. Uh, yeah, I kind of liken him to another Ohio State Buckeye and, and uh, Terry Glenn. I know it's going back a couple of years, though, but just, uh, you know, not 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 the quickest, uh, not not the biggest, but certainly not not small, just, just ha- but has the ability to contribute. Now, I don't think maybe at his peak, Terry Glenn was probably a little faster. Um, 
than than Thomas, um, just because he was able to get deep. But yeah, like you said, I, there's traits there that you like out of a number number one wide receiver. And if he if he is able to climb a depth chart somewhere, that's that's gonna that's gonna obviously be huge. I think he's a guy that you know didn't see a whole lot of targets. He's but uh, I think he's a guy I would love to see. You know, get a hundred targets in an NFL season and just see what he can do. I I don't think we would necessarily be disappointed if if it came to that if a team had to depend on him for that. So um, you know, good size. You know, four five seven forty, decent for six for six three two twelve. So I, I, I just obviously, as we keep saying, landing spot is going to be enormous in terms of where that production is going to come from and and, and how early. But uh, um, I think you know, hate to bring up the New England thing again too, but that that would be huge. They don't have they don't have a big wide receiver. They obviously have two big very talented tight ends right now, but. To have a guy like Bill said that could play the X or on the outside would be would be very nice for them. Um, and, uh, and maybe it'll cool me down about getting excited about Nate Washington making that team and and doing some good things. He's a receiver that I've loved over the years, and I think him in that situation is, is pretty interesting. Um, so we're we're at the top five here, Bill, and I think we're going to have a little bit of disparity here, but. Uh, I think. Do you still have Tyler Boyd at number five? I have Boyd has actually moved up on my rankings. It's a player that I really have struggled to get behind, but he has moved up in my rankings, and I do have him okay. ahead of Michael Thompson for right now. Um, just had a hard time because the role he had to play for Pitt, but um, you know you can't argue with his quick twitch ability to get open. Um, and he's not afraid to work the middle of the field. I love the, this kid going across the middle. Um, so, again, he's got good body control. He sets up he's well. He's got excellent hands. Um, but I, I keep coming across Keenan Allen comparisons, and I completely missed the boat on Keenan Allen. I wrote him off completely. I should have – one of the players that I regret missing and not studying more. That's probably why I went and looked at Boyd a couple more times. Uh, but, you know, he plays a lot faster than his time speed. And, you know, this is a kid that if he lands in the right situation, more than the others, that could actually become, you know, actually fantasy relevant. But I see, a, you know, a little bit of just a slot receiver and a limited role there as well. So I'm really torn on Boyd. I, honestly, he's been all over my rankings. One week he's in the top ten, one week he's in the top five. Um, so I'm struggling to get a grasp on him. Um, I think it, a lot of it's because of the size and the role he played for Pittsburgh last year. Um, you know, it just doesn't look good on tape or translate necessarily to the NFL as far as a role. But, you know, he wouldn't be asked to play running back in the NFL, and he surely wouldn't be running the routes that he ran last year as well in the NFL. He might run some, but, you know, I think if he's given a different – he's got good size. So I, I, I really like Boyd as a prospect, and he's moved up into my top five. Yeah, and you're you're certainly not the only one that's down on him. And I don't necessarily think that people are down on him. There's just not a lot of talk about him right now. And maybe it's because of the lackluster combine drills uh, that he put up. But uh, I, I totally agree with you say with with uh, with body control. And one thing I like is he has great hands. But what also translates there with those good hands is the fact that he's got great field awareness. I mean, you'll see him. You know, 
be able to get his both of his feet down and and make the catch at the same time. It just you see that that level of concentration there when he's going to get the ball in. And, and I hear what you're saying about him this year. I mean, they they lost their running back, um, John Connor, I think his name is for Pitt this year, and they basically said, all right. Boyd is our Michael Jordan. Let's let him do everything. And he was, he was the slot man. He was, I mean, he was a running back. He he was whatever they needed him to be. They needed to move him around because obviously defenses knew that too. They needed to move him around to get him in situations to be successful. And but what impressed me is that he rang the bell. I mean, he was able to do all that. And I think that's that could translate well. And maybe he translates to him being a gimmick player at the NFL. Uh, but, you know, those gimmick players are the guys that score touchdowns. Those are the guys that make the big plays. So where he's not maybe going to be a consistent week-to-week performer for your dynasty team, uh, he's certainly a, a, a nice guy to have that you could always, you know, fall back on if, if you have injuries and whatnot. You know he's going to, you know, have those games where he, he busts out, and I think that's that's really the best you could hope for out of him. I don't have a player comparison for him just because, I kind of think this that he, he's somewhat of a, a unique size. I mean, I know there's other players like him, but just the traits and the size are, are really, really different. And, and I think um, – I, I just I don't know. I just think he's certainly going to have his role. I, I like Boyd a lot, and I actually have him higher than Sterling Shepard right now, but I think you could, uh, you could flip a quarter in terms of what kind of uh, diversity you want. But I, I think you're probably higher on Mr. Shepard, right? Um, yeah, I like Sterling Shepard a little bit more, but uh, Tyler Boyd, I, you know, you can't argue. He does have experience with the pro route tree, and he is a good runner. Despite what he had to do last year, he did whatever the team asked. But I think he comes into the NFL in a, a, a much better place than a lot of these guys as far as experience running routes um, and his, his polish running the routes as well. So, But Sterling Shepard, you know, uh, this kid, uh, again, I have a thing for – if you're going to be looking at a guy that's going to probably play from the slot – you know, you need to have a fearless mentality going over the middle. The kid, you know, just is a really good route runner. He's extremely competitive in tight coverage. He always fights for the ball. Um, he can track the ball really well going in deep. He's a natural hand catcher. He's got low drop rate. Um, he's, like I said, absolutely going across the middle. He's one of my favorite players to watch. I, Mayock, um, I've seen him compared to, I think it was Zerline and a couple others compared to Tyler Lockett, obviously lacking some of that explosion. But oh, yeah. Mayock can the Randall Cobb, um, who I think is actually a little bit better comparison, um, you know, as far as his ability. I don't know, if, you know, if he's going to be limited to slot or if he can play outside, but the kid's got a great work ethic, really high character on and off the field. Um, you know, he's going to have to improve like all routes, you know, all rooks with the route running, and he's going to have to learn to get out of press coverage, yada, yada, same thing on all these guys. Uh, but, you know, is a fantasy role is a player that has a chance to if he lands in the right scheme. This is somebody who, despite maybe playing from the slot or, you know, moving around in the formation, I think this is someone who has a chance to be, you know, a wide receiver free. The 41-inch vert also sells me a lot on these teams when they, you know, they have that type of athletic ability. You know, I think it's going to translate on the field. I really do. I think, you know, his competitiveness and his ability to go across the middle, I, I think, you know, he's going to have a place in the NFL, and I think he'll play early. Whether the targets are there for him to be fantasy relevant, that's another question. But, you know, as a prospect at this point without being on a team, I, you know, his skills set, sets out, you know, a little bit uh, separates him from some of these other guys, and I actually have him in my top four receivers right now at this point. 
Yeah, I got it, like I said, number five. And it, I think it's flip a quarter with him or Tyler Boyd. I, I, re, I really do. And it's depending on what, uh, you know, if you want a little bit of height advantage there, I think. But, uh, yeah, just a phenomenal athlete. I mean, the 41-inch the vert's ridiculous combined with the 4.48. I mean, uh, yeah, I love the Tyler Boyd comparison. Go ahead. And I, I But I think uh, – I also think that he could play outside where he's not going to be asked to be an outside receiver all the time. I think he has the ability to to win consistently and uh, and, and do things and be be a solid guy that can move all around like Bill said in the in the formation there. I I really love what he brings to the table and I just think he's he's a player that I I feel is pretty safe. I mean, he's going to get knocks because of his size and that might even that might even hurt him whoever drafts him that might even hurt him because of his size in terms of how quickly he can get on the field but man if 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 he gets into the right situation where teams trust him to do it all because I think that he can he could put up some some crazy good things I mean I think he could potentially you know be the be the target hog that like a Jarvis Landry has been over the last couple years I just think he's he's a guy that could do that and one I wish I could remember the team. I want to think. I want to say Oklahoma State. But I was watching film on Shepard preparing for this, um, and they, you know, Oklahoma runs. They were running just a simple play action where you know the the quarterback fakes fakes to the tailback, and you see Shepard is just just you know you're just your basic vanilla you know two receiver set. You see Shepard, and they're there, and I want to say Oklahoma State's playing like a zone, so Shepard's approaching the safety. And you see that safety just bite just a split second on that uh, that fake to the tailback, and as soon as that happens, Shepard just explodes to the end zone, and he, uh, uh, which is Baker Mayfield gets him the ball, and it's just I mean it's, it's there's nobody within like 15 feet of him. It's insane. Just but just the ability to realize that he sees that guy make that you know make make just a something's in his head where he's like oh my gosh did they hand it off. He sees that in that split second is able to adjust and you know just explode through his route. I I just there's, you don't see people receivers make that kind of adjustment themselves. I think at the college level very often, and I think that that things like that could carry him a long way there. Love love Mr. Shepard there. So again, with him and Boyd, it's just really going to depend on what you want there with size there. So um, so we're, again we're at uh, some disparity. Disparities, Bill. As we hit the top three, why don't why don't you uh, why don't you give us your number three? Uh, my number three is Corey Coleman right now. I like the John Brown comparison with him. He's so explosive off the line. Um, another player that can take the lid off the defense on any given play. Um, he's a quick twitch athlete in space. He's going to be a nightmare to cover from the slot. I mean, I it, seriously, there's very few corners, slot corners that I could think of that could even come close. Um, he's really good at tracking the ball downfield. He has good controlled leaping ability. Um, he was targeted almost 40% of his routes in college and had a really high workload. So obviously he had the trust of the coaches. He ran a 4.3740 at his pro day. You know, think what you want on that, but did also put up a 40-inch vert. Um, so he does have that explosive in those uh, the dynamic measurables. Um, Baylor receivers really haven't transitioned to the NFL very well, and he's going to have to work on his route tree because he has limited exposure. He does have some knocks as far as drops. I have um, he had over 11% drop rate last year. 
Uh, but I think he did his best work on the outside, which may be a problem in the NFL. He's going to have to learn to work over the middle on the field as a slot receiver. Most likely I could see some teams using him outside and moving him around. Uh, but, again, he's going to have to land in their perfect scheme to really to reach fantasy potential. But, you know, with the NFL trending towards smaller receivers, you know, there's not, I don't think there's any other receiver in the draft, really, um, that comes close to Coleman's explosiveness off the line of scrimmage. Um, so, you know, I think he's probably going to struggle eventually unless he lands in the right scheme to be a, a quality producer for your fantasy roster and probably require you to take a top seven pick with them. Um, but, again, if he lands in the right scheme, he sees 100-plus targets a year, he's on the field for enough snaps and gets enough opportunity, you know, and, and a team decides to play him a little bit on the outside as well. So I think he really does play better on the outside. I don't didn't see too much of him playing from the slot, but – um, you know, honestly, I, there is, again, the athleticism, the explosiveness, it's there. It's a need for it in the NFL, and his game will transition. How well he does will just depend on his landing spot um, and opportunity. Broken record again. That's all right. Um, what, you know, the thing that I like about Coleman is, like you said, the explosiveness. And, and I hear what you're saying, and I felt like when I sat down to watch film on him, I could find, like, I wrote the profile on him. I felt like I, it was more more negative than good, which which kind of concerned me, but I actually just recently flipped him up to my number two. Um, I just think there's just so many things that he does well, and I hear people talk about the increased drop rate over for the last year, but you got to remember he played with, like, three or four quarterbacks senior year, and I don't think – I don't think it was a lack, a lapse of concentration. I mean, I, I just that that Baylor offense is different, and it's 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 a little bit of a hard translation. You know, we did see Josh Gordon actually do some pretty darn good things at the NFL, but of course, you know, his problem is not not that by by any means. It's just him staying on the field. But uh, I, there's just so many things that he does well, and I and maybe I was a little too nitpicky because I know so many love him, but I there's just so much explosion there. Uh, right, obviously, right scheme, but when he turns it on, I mean, he turns it on, and I I mean, and the other thing that I really like about him is when he when you watch people try to cover him, you never see any DB at the college level uh, backpedal against him. They immediately turn their back and run with him because they know he has that ability to, to turn them around or to, to, to knock them on their butt. And you, you don't see that at the college level very often. He's already getting that much respect. And he's obviously was the number one play, uh, receiver on that team there. So I, I, I like Coleman and I actually flipped him to number two. I actually have Mr. Tread, Treadwell at, at three. Um, and I think again, Bill, like I said, I listened to a lot of our podcast last week or last yesterday about from last year when we talked about wide receivers, and we talked quite a bit Cooper versus uh, Kevin White, and I feel like I think you still have Treadwell number one. Is that right? Yeah, I do. I have Treadwell number one right now. Okay. And it's interesting because last year you had White number one, and I had Cooper number one. And I think we both we were both in agreement that Cooper was the safer pick. I totally think the same thing about Treadwell. I think he is a much safer pick. I think he is tougher than the other the other couple, couple excuse me the other couple guys here in my top one, uh, my top three. Um, I think he's a great catcher, and it's it's I feel like it's more of a conservative pick. And if you're able to you know. 
to have a chance to take one of these guys. Obviously, you have to ultimately make a decision, but I don't think between him and, and probably Doxon, you can't go wrong. Doxon, I think, is a little bit sexy just because of the ball skills down field. But I just think Treadwell is, is very safe, and we were we were kind of on the opposite. We we flipped last year. I, I was the one calling, you know, I was the one calling Cooper safe, and you were you were all over the uh, the kind of the sexier, the sexier uh, white. And now I have Doxon one, the sexier pick, and Treadwell the the, the two or excuse me three actually as as the safer pick. I just think. That, as as they, I mean, Treadwell. I'm sorry, trying to sorry to blab on here. Treadwell, I think, has a definite, definite floor, but I think Coleman and Doxon maybe have a little bit higher of a ceiling, and maybe tonight. And I'm certainly a little bit bigger on Doxon there with number one. So, I kind of just jumbled my one, my one and three together, and I can talk a little bit more about Doxon. But what what do you think there on on uh, on what I just said and Obviously, you have Doxon and Treadwell two and one. So, what do you got? Well, I still like Wade long term over Cooper. If you look at Cooper's numbers last year, he was a tail of two receivers. So, honestly, I, I still, you know, White didn't get his shot. I still like White as an overall better receiver as far as talent wise. I know that's going to cause a lot of problem, and people love Amari or love Cooper. But I'm, I'm, I'm honestly not as big on him as everybody else. There's no doubt he can make plays, but once the NFL caught on to him and started dedicating attention to him, even despite good number two receiver, a quality tight end, you know, maybe if they develop the running game. But I, you know, I still think that Kevin White's physical skills, if he's 100% from his back to his college days, um, you know, I still like his physical traits better than Cooper. Cooper, well, like we said, was safer. There was no doubt about it. He was ready to play coming out of college. Uh, but I like White, you know, athleticism. I love, again, another big play receiver that I, I'm still high on, but that's that, that's to play out still. Um, but anyway, as far as this year, um, I really, you know, I have Treadwell at number one. I, I, to me, Doxon is number two. Um, they're close. I see a lot of good things in both players. Um, you know, I love Treadwell, the fact that, you know, they compare him to Dem Thomas and Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, you know, as much as I watch it, I just don't see it. Um, you know, I, I think he's a good big-bodied receiver. He can elevate high-point contested catches. Um, he's probably the best slant route runner in the draft. Um, he really runs hard after the catch. He's elusive. He's tough to bring down. Um, he, it's, I love his effort blocking. If you ever get a chance to watch mm. the Auburn, he's just tenacious as a blocker. And, again, the little details get you on the field as an NFL player early in your career. Um, teams are – that's going to stand out. I'm, you know – he just is a solid blocker, makes good effort, and he's willing and able to do it as well. There's one block against Auburn where he comes down. It's just a beautiful thing. Uh, but he's not a burner. He's four six three forty at his pro day. Um, you know, he is a good route runner, but he still needs to work on that. He really tracks the ball well downfield. I think he is a prototypical X receiver in the NFL. I think, like Goxon, they both have low-end wide receiver one potential down the line. Um, most likely they're probably number twos or threes for your fantasy team. But um, Treadwell at this point, you know, just stands out a little bit more um, just because of, you know, his overall game. I love Josh Doxson. There's so many things about him that, you know, I, I see a lot of familiarity with DeAndre Hopkins. I think it was a poor man's um, Rob um, Robinson, honestly, a Rob, because the 41-inch vertical, some of the plays that he made reminded me a lot of the plays that, 
Uh, Robinson did when he was in school. Just the acrobatic 360 high points that just, you know, just effortlessly makes plays. Um, he's also a smooth route runner. Gets open deep, you know, causes creates create separation at, at all three levels. Um, I think he needs to add weight. I think if he honestly was five or ten pounds heavier at this point, I think that probably I would have him ranked a little bit higher. Um, I'm worried about some of the bigger, more physical NFL um, cornerbacks getting a hold of him and possibly slowing down. But, I mean, I would consider Doxon and Treadmill my 1A and 1B right now. If I had the number two pick in any draft, which I don't, um, but if I had that 1-2 at this point, I literally would have absolutely no idea which direction I would go between the two because, like you said, it's, for me, a coin flip between the two right now as to who's number one. Okay, and... Before I talk about uh, Dax and more, I just want to a couple other things popped in my head about Coleman. Coleman jumped a 41 inch vert, I think, at the combine, yeah, and that was like two or three weeks after hernia surgery. Yeah. And I mean, all all his combine numbers were two or three weeks after that hernia surgery, sports hernia surgery. So that's those are some pretty amazing numbers. I mean, and uh, and I think the um, the 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 Treadwell. Elshon Jeffrey comparison is they had a similar 40 time with the, with the four six. But I hear what you're saying. I mean, Jeffrey can jump out of the gym. I mean, he, he, I mean, he is the high pointer for me in the NFL. I mean, that guy, I've seen him jump over defensive backs. I mean, he's, he's insane. And you don't see that type of athletic prowess from Treadwell. I just think you see a guy that just gets the job done. And like you said, blocks, I think, I think Treadwell could potentially you know, ultimately be like the like a Heinz Ward, maybe with a little bit of Marvin Harrison thrown in. Guys that are not super flashy, but you can just count on them to get get the job done. Obviously, that's high praise. That's a, you know, that's saying a lot. Uh, but geez, think if Treadwell got on a team like uh, Cincinnati, where he could be that a uh, number two behind like an AJ Green, that would be amazing. And I've heard people saying that Treadwell could potentially not not get picked in the first round. So that that that. That that would be interesting. I don't think that'll happen, but uh, uh, we'll see. It just depends on team needs. But as far as Doxon goes, I mean, he is he is the the sexy pick, and I think this maybe says it all. Comparing this class to the last year's class is, I see almost the exact same athlete out of Devontae Parker as I do Josh Doxon. I think they are certainly very very similar and. Parker was basically, I think, our number three wide receiver for both of us last year, Bill. So that's probably where Doxon would be compared to Cooper and White. I think, you know, I think Treadwell and Coleman would certainly be in that discussion after those top two guys last year. So that maybe says a little bit more about their future and how they're going to compare to other other young wide receivers. But uh, the size, I do think, yeah, I do hear concerns about the, the weight there with Doxon, but the, just the ball skills and the the abilities that he's shown already on field, just a, just a high point and just concentration on some on some tipped or con, con, contested balls, uh, has has got me really excited about him. And I and I, maybe it's just because he's a little sexier than than Treadwell, but that's just that's just why I got him uh, one over two there. And uh, speaking yeah, of the first I, round, I, Bill, go ahead, go ahead. I, yeah. He's got the my ball attitude that you just love in a wide receiver. And if you watched him at the combine, I mean, honestly, you know, when these guys do these these drills at the combine, they stand out so easily when they're a quality player. He was so smooth. He did all his drills with ease. So, 
Yeah, I'm on board with you, Doxon, you know, and Treadwell are interchangeable. And I think, honestly, they're one of the only players in the draft that could actually make an impact for your fantasy team within the first couple of years at this point. Okay. Um, uh, speaking of first round, is there – do you have – I think I think we asked – I asked you this last year too, Bill, but it's over, under, on receivers – in the, going in the first round, I mean, I think it's I think it's a pretty fair guesstimate to say Coleman, Treadwell, and possibly Dox could be first rounders. But I think I think I got to set the over under right there at three, just because of the yeah. class and probably team need there. I agree completely. Three, I, I may be pressing it to four, but three seems like what I would put my money on. Yeah, and maybe maybe like we said, Will Fuller slips in there, but there we there's a definite reason that we have Fuller below a guy like Shepard. Maybe Shepard's not going to get the get the love because he's just two inches shorter than Fuller. But uh, I think in the long run, you could see a lot a lot a lot more out of out of Shepard there. And uh, yeah, some teams going to get very lucky. I know a lot of New England fans have been all over all over Shepard for many months now there. So that would be. Obviously, nice, nice for them. But uh, any any other thoughts? Anybody else really deep you want to mention, or any other thoughts before we before we end this uh, thing? One thing that I hate to bring up, that because again, it goes against everything that I'm trying to stay away from is character concerns. But somebody that is a playmaker that when you watch on tape, you know, despite again having problems putting down the ganja pipe, Demarcus Robinson from Florida, of all places. Um, Size, you know, he's got it six one two ten. Um, he's as talented as any wide receiver in the draft in the lower tiers. Uh, but you know, the four suspensions, he's got to put all kinds of red flags. But if I'm late in the draft and I'm looking for a complete flyer, um, you know, he's a solid route runner. He's been exposed to a full route tree. He's good at running after the catch. Um, good hands. Uh, he can line up inside or outside. He's a decent deep threat as well. Uh, but, you know, the off-field issues, the drop issues, the, he shows inconsistency for effort when he's on the field at times. Um, but, you know, if he lands on the right team with a strong coaching staff, you know, there's a possibility you know, he could develop into a number two for an NFL team. So maybe in the later rounds, round three, round four, round five, um, if depending on his IDP, maybe even later. Uh, but, you know, somebody to take a shot at, you know, he'd be somebody that I would be willing to take a gamble on, although – I promised I wouldn't take any more of these players and get hooked on them <laughs> all the way back. to have to date myself, but all the way back to Chris Henry, I give, remember giving that kid a oh. chance after just having the hardest time, the poor tragic story that he had. But, you know, again, just if you're looking late in the draft, you know, a flyer, he'd be somebody that I would consider throwing a, a late-round pick. If you're in a deep, deep league with a, a deep taxi squad, like kind of like our 36 league, uh, but, you know, other than that, this class, honestly, I think we're after the top four or five, you know, all those guys are just flyers, complete flyers. Yeah, I agree with you there. And I think, yeah, I've, I've heard people mention, you know, if Robinson didn't have those problems, he would probably be like, a, you know, an easy second-round pick in this draft there too. So if you want to put him up there, you know, minus the other, the other things that he has going on there. But, uh, yeah, I I really like – I really like I like him, and it's, it's it's hard to not just fall in love with the film on him. But it's uh, yeah, you got to be certainly uh, certainly concerned there with what to, with what you see out of him, um, definitely. Um, or what you see not from him off of the field, excuse me. But uh, uh, yeah, I do, I do like him, and and I totally agree with as far as this class goes. I think after those top 
five guys, you know, after the boys and shepherds, it's pretty, it's pretty much going to be landing spot dependent um, for, for a lot of these guys. So we'll, we'll see how it works out. And hopefully post draft, we'll be able to, uh, to have a better idea uh, in terms of where, where these guys are going to contribute there. So, but uh, uh, you can't probably can't go wrong with a uh, Treadwell or Doxon at the top. It just depends on what you need. If you already have a couple sexier guys and you want to maybe a little bit more of a, cons- maybe more of a conservative, safer play, maybe Treadwell is your guy. So, any other closing thoughts there, Bill? I think we pretty much hit everything. Just remember Tyrone Peak. Don't forget his name. Yes. Yes, I knew you wanted to throw that in there. So Sharon Peak, I I, I got to admit I haven't seen a whole lot of film on him, so I I, I need to go back because I, I I know you're big on him. Yeah, it's hard to find. The only game you can really see the whole game is the Syracuse game. He had three touchdowns, but you know Syracuse really didn't have the best secondary, so it's hard to get overly excited about it. And they really didn't look to use him that much. I mean, after you know this year, they didn't really call on him to be a big playmaker. And being very behind Sammy Watkins. DeAndre Hopkins and Martavis Bryant. I mean, there's no shame in that when you're recovering from an ACL injury. He's got some, you know, concerns about drop rate and his knee might, you know, the red flags for medical injury concerns. But, you know, players get hurt in playing football. There's nothing that says that they can't recover and play well. And, you know, to have that lack of opportunity due to that depth chart, there's nothing wrong with that. And the kid's got the size and uh, the speed. I mean, he's just a complete burner as well. So, what is that? I think he ran a 4 three or four, four, something like that. But, um, you know, at the six, two, two, ten, um, he checks a lot of the boxes. Actually, I think his pro day was four, three, seven. Um, so four, four at the combine. But anyway, you slice it. The kid's got the skills. He comes from a good program. Um, just didn't really have a huge goal. It's just hard to find stuff on him, and being buried on that depth chart was his biggest downfall. So Tyrone Peak is a guy that you notice I'm drafting him all the time as well in the later rounds of our our box. Yeah, well, I, you're certainly starting to sell me on him, and like I said, I trust your knowledge, and that's why I obviously asked you to do this with me. So thank you so much, Bill. Uh, appreciate it. Um, thank everybody out there for listening. I do want to remind everybody, uh, regular scheduled podcast tomorrow, but first we're going to be, and Dan Hines are going to do uh, the running backs. I'm going to try to contain Dan to uh, 10 players and one hour. So wish me luck tomorrow there, Bill, with Dan. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah, no doubt. It'll be a great show. Yeah. I have to make sure I catch that. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, we're going to do uh, top ten running backs, and then we're going to do uh, kind of a, a special on the regular pulse about how, how to handle uh, orphans teams and what, what you can expect there, especially looking forward here to rookie drafts. As the NFL draft is just a week away. Super excited about that. So less than, t- less than ten days away, we'll put it that way. Uh, thanks again, Bill, and have a great day, bud. All right. Thanks, Jeff. My pleasure. Bye-bye.
Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.